Hey everyone, how's it going? And welcome to episode 13 of the Complete Performance Podcast with me, Dr. Josh Williamson. This is going to be a bit of a different episode. Today I was preparing for some talks that's coming up, some workshops, and there's a couple of things that I'm sharing at these workshops that I thought this would be really valuable to some people because not everyone can get access to come and see me speak and get involved in workshops. And so the only other opportunity is through social media or perhaps through this podcast. And so this might be a little bit of a shorter one, but I thought it'd be really, really useful, insightful for a lot of people. So I want to give you some context first, and then I want to share with you what's been on my mind. For the last maybe 10, 11, 12 years, I've been working in the nutrition space. Now that started out as Gen Pop. It started out as wanting to look better naked. It was the, the photo shoot era, it was the physique competition era, the men's health cover model, the Victoria's Secret body, and that was, that was 10, 11, 12 years ago. It's become so much more popular now, but back then I saw the issues with that. And there's, there's nothing wrong with having physique goals, it's just that coaches aren't properly equipped to deal with what comes from very physique-oriented goals. And so then I moved into more the performance nutrition space, working with athletes. And, and those athletes range from grassroots level, people through performance sport, participation sport, right up to Commonwealth, World Championship, Olympic level athletes and everything in between. And the athletes vary across you know, different sports, Olympic weightlifters, footballers, Gaelic players, CrossFit athletes, marathon runners, ultra endurance runners, the whole works. But at some stage along that journey, I started working with a lot of females. I don't know why. It wasn't as if I looked at, here's a gap in the market. Let's target females. It just happened. And from then, from conversations, from networking, more and more females have came my direction. And I would say that pretty much 70, 80% of my clientele now are females, which is fantastic because there's such a strong community such a strong open conversation about what it's like to be a female athlete because up until very very recently and i would even say now all we've been doing is copy and pasting the male template onto females and expecting the same outcome and it just doesn't work like that even when i open my female talks i controversially say well well why even worry about you like you're just a smaller man, so just get on with it. And I say that controversially, and I say that purposely to get a reaction. Because whenever I say that, females instinctively know that they're not smaller men. They know that there's something different. Yet, we train them the same. We recommend them the same nutrition, recovery, sleep, everything. It's just a copy and paste. And I will hold my hands up and say some of that is because we just don't know. Like there is a gap in the research between males and females. But it's also because just we have just lumped everyone together. And so from my own work, that's where we've got to. We've got to working with a lot of females. Now, over the last two years now, I've been doing a lot of female specific talks, a lot of events in performance institutes, universities, corporate companies, gyms, CrossFit boxes, all around specific female training. 
And one of the things that we also get into in this is, well, what are the other things that happen around the menstrual cycle? Because think people just think now that it's, okay, well, here's how you adjust your training and here's how you adjust your nutrition. And that's great. It, it is fantastic that there's so many more people talking about this. There's a very non-judgmental conversation happening. And it's great to see other practitioners given space for this. And it's fantastic to see so many females being open about their experiences. But it's not just nutrition and it's not just new training. And this leads me to where I'm at today. I'm doing a speaking event at the weekend. And without getting into too much detail, we've chatted about certain individuals have certain beliefs and thoughts and emotions around food and around their body and around I guess just different attitudes and perceptions and it's not just impacting their sport it's impacting every single aspect of their life and that's probably that could be you right now you could get up in the morning and every decision you make revolves around when am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? How does my body look? How are other people viewing me? Are other people judging me? Can I wear a certain item of clothing in the gym? Do I have to wear something very baggy? All of these decisions, every single thought in your mind is wrapped around your body or food or training. And that leaves very, very little room for anything else. And so with this this talk we were i was wanting to delve into a couple of other things things that are practical things that are supportive of these different types of dysregulated and maladaptive behaviors and that's what i want to share with you today so hopefully this this is useful hopefully it's it's rather short and sweet and practical but the biggest thing is i just want you to get some value from it now what I will say is a lot of this can be triggering initially because sometimes we just aren't ready to hear certain truths. And that's okay. Like I've had so many conversations with potential clients who we end up talking, we delve into some things, they end in tears. And then about three, four, five, six months later, you get a you get a message saying, that was a great conversation. I really felt heard, but I just wasn't ready for it at that time. And that could be you listening to this today. Or you could be on the other other side of it, which is, I didn't realize other people felt like this. And that can be such an empowering thing as well. The first thing I want to jump into is, we're always told the different stages of our menstrual cycle. But one of the things that happens the week before a female's period, maybe two weeks before it, and this isn't just... Please don't think that this is only towards females. The reason why I'm sure not in this context is because females are more likely to experience body dissatisfaction. They're more likely to have negative body image. But males also experience this as well. So don't think that it's that it's just females. Females tend to experience it more the week or two before the period, but they also experience it the entire month. And males can experience it at any given time. But there's two things that really that really happen. The first is that 
we can have a negative body image. And the second is around self-monitoring or body checking. And that's what I want to share today. When it comes to body image, people assume that body image is how your body looks. What is it that I see in the mirror? That seems common sense. That seems like the way it should be. But that's not actually how it works. If you think about the past week, there's probably been times where you felt, yeah, I feel quite good today. I feel I feel great. And you know what? I feel pretty attractive today. There's going to be times you'll be like, nah, you're just an ugly mess. Like, what is wrong here? Why is my makeup not sitting right? This clo- These clothes aren't fitting right. This used to hang around my belly and now I can feel it tight. I just feel terrible. And then there's probably parts of the week where you just didn't think about your body. You had other things in your mind and you went about your day-to-day life and didn't even consider your body. So you know yourself that even in the past week that it can fluctuate. How we view our body can fluctuate. But let me give you the extreme example because we probably fall somewhere on this spectrum. When someone is anorexic, and don't always assume that we can see anorexia. Don't assume that we can see an eating disorder. That's one of the biggest things that, what's one of the biggest misconceptions is that you don't look like you have an eating disorder. And that's such a wrong statement. But if you're on an extreme of anorexia, you've got a very low body weight, very, very lean. What that person sees in the mirror isn't reality. They've got friends, family, loved ones, maybe a doctor, maybe a psychologist, maybe a nutritionist, dietitian, all telling this person, we love you, we care for you, but we need to support you through this. But what that person sees in the mirror is I need to lose weight. I'm too fat. I've got certain parts of my body that I really hate. And I'm going to continue doing these behaviours until I I get rid of that. So we know that body image isn't what we see in the mirror. It isn't that reflection looking back at you. Body image is, is how you think you look. The perception of how you look. Now, there's a number of different sources of body image. You know, it's not just a single factor. It's not a bad thing that happened to you in your childhood. It's a collection of different experiences. Big cultural influences, big historical influences. What is culturally accepted now is beautiful. What is the standard now? If you looked 20, 30, 40 years ago, Marilyn Monroe would have been held as the epitome of beauty. But she wouldn't be considered attractive now by today's standards. Socially, we have shifted what our, what our standard or ideal of beauty has looked like. We even see the rise of more athletic marketing, the more athletic type body, the lean, the strong, the powerful body within males and females. I mean, just look at Marvel films. You have to be absolutely jacked and shredded to be in a Marvel film. That's the whole thing, the, the MCU transformation so culturally and historically, what we see, what is promoted, what is held on this pedestal 
shifts. Your own personal experiences. Has there been comments said to you growing up? I know that there was a client of mine a couple of years back where when she was 11 years old, a coach said to her, if you lost a little bit more weight, you'd be quicker. Imagine hearing that. And that stuck with her 10 years later. And now she thinks that I have to look a certain way in order to perform in my sport. It could be your family food rules growing up. What did parents or grandparents say when you were growing up? Oh, it's just a wee bit of puppy fat. Oh, you're, you're big boned. These types of comments have consequences down the line, especially when they're said multiple times and reinforced. Even think about your other interpersonal relationships. How many times have you lost weight or you've put a photo on social media and someone said, Flip, you look unbelievable. Have you have you lost weight? Like, you look great. But now you've just reinforced whatever behaviours and whatever emotions that person has felt without even knowing the reason as to why that person lost weight. What if that person was grieving? What if that person was going through chemotherapy? What if that person had an eating disorder? And now you've just said, great job. You look fantastic. And I'm telling you that I'm going to treat you this way and praise you because now I value how you look. And now we can see the problem with appearance-based compliments. And so all of these factors tie into how we view our body. And it's how we view our body, which is what body image actually is. One of the big things about body image then is that we end up just criticizing ourselves. Because when we do certain things, what turns around is you're useless, you're fat, you're attract unattractive, you're ugly, you're never going to find a partner, you're never going to have the body you want, you're never going to look good in those clothes, you're never going to be good in your performance because you're too fat. All of these things, these negative self-talk ties into the body image. And at the core of this is how we value our body, how we value our image. Think about it this way. Your mind is consumed by looking a certain way. You see these ideals on social media. You see it in, in, in just normal secular media. You see it in film. And we try and strive towards it. We place this emphasis on, I need to fix my appearance. I need to look like this. Because that's what the musicians look like. That's what the actors look like. That's what people who are popular on social media look like. That's what my friends are striving for. So I now overvalue how important my body is above everything else. And now I have to adapt my behaviours to try and do that. And then we can't actually achieve it. We have these unrealistic expectations that we're going to get there. We think that will bring us happiness. We think that will bring us success. That will make us attractive, confident, happy. When it doesn't. Or certainly not to the extent that you think it will. But whenever we have this overvaluation over body image, think about it this way. If your best friend or if your partner gained two or three stone, would you stop being friends with them? Would you break up with your partner? Or how about this? If, 
if you're in school or in the workplace or in the gym and a new person started, do you assess whether you're going to be friendly to this person based on how big or small, lean or muscular their physique is? I hope the answer is no. <laughs> Yet why do we think that other people think this of us? We're worried about if we go into the gym, I can't go to the gym because I'm too overweight. People are going to judge me. People are going to think X, Y, and Z. I can't go to my school reunion because they're going to be like, flip, she's put on so much weight. But hopefully you don't do that to other people, so why would other people do that to you? Especially with, if they're within your friend group. When we talk to ourselves, when we have this negative self-talk, which is associated with this negative body image, there's a couple of common themes that we see. We see this dichotomous thinking, this all or nothing, black or white thinking, that I'm perfect or I'm not. If I'm not perfect, then I'm ugly. I'm either on my dad or I'm off my dad. We have these unrealistic expectations and these unrealistic comparisons. We compare ourselves to people on social media. Yet it's their job. <laughs> they will literally not be an influencer if they're not in shape, if they don't look a certain way. Or we compare ourselves to athletes who maybe train 20, 25, 30 hours a week. Or it could be we compare ourselves to the latest Marvel character where they're paid millions to literally look a certain way for a 30 second scene. Can we as a student, as a parent, as whatever, have that same goal when our lifestyles are completely different? Probably not. Sometimes we project our own feelings onto other people, our own emotions. Well, if I'm ugly, then other people must think that. If I feel fat, then other people must think I'm fat as well. Or sometimes we can just mislabel our emotions. How many times have you said, I feel so fat today? Fat's not a feeling. What you probably feel is unattractive, or you feel insecure, or you feel lonely. Are upset and so are we actually labeling our emotions correctly how do you become more aware of this how do you see this acting and playing out in your day-to-day -day life very very simple thing i want you to think about as long as you know your alphabet this will be straightforward a b c if you take away one thing from this podcast, take away this. Keep a diary over the next week or two weeks of A, B, C. A is going to be the activating event, the environment, the situation, something that triggered you to think a certain way about your body. B is the belief, the thought, the emotion, the assumption that you made off of that event. And then C is going to be how you acted or how you felt at the end. Let me give you a very quick example. I step on the scales this morning. Okay, so I get up in the morning, I'm going to step on the scales. That's the activating event, that's the trigger. For you, it could be you said you're going to a birthday party and you're not going to eat any of the chocolate 
on your hot bit of chocolate. The belief then, for me, is going to be, well, I've gained some weight. I don't have enough willpower. I'm never going to be able to lose weight. You're so useless, Josh. For you, it could be very similar having that chocolate at the birthday party. Why are you such an idiot? Why did you have that chocolate? You didn't want it. Like, you're never going to be able to lose weight. And then the consequences, well, now I have to fix my appearance more. Now I have to diet harder. I have to cut more things out. I have to try and get more steps in. I have to do more cardio. Or for you, it might be feeling more lonely, feeling more unattractive, feeling as if, flip, how can I make this up? Like, I've had this chocolate, so I'm going to have to go out and do 10,000 steps to burn that off. If you keep a diary of this over the next week, two weeks, next month even, just go into your phones, go into your notes section and write down ABC. And every time you notice this happening, keep a diary of it. Because a lot of these thoughts, a lot of these beliefs, a lot of these emotions that we have, they're almost happening subconsciously. We don't even recognize that they're happening anymore. We just see them as, well, that's the normal. That's just how I think. The more you become aware of them, the more you're going to be able to stop them. The more you're going to be able to challenge them when they do happen. And then we can start working towards a more neutral or positive body image. The second thing that I wanted to sort of share on here was about body checking. Again, for females, this they tend to become more susceptible this the week or two before their period. For guys, this can happen at any time. But body checking and self-monitoring can be characterized as different types of characteristics or behaviors that we do. The easiest one, weighing yourself. Weighing yourself can be totally fine. For some people, they can do it, no problem. It doesn't lead to any sort of negative behaviors or thoughts. For other people, they see that scale increase even a pound or half a pound, and it ruins the entire day. For other people... Looking in the mirror can be fine. I can get up in the mirror. I can get changed. Maybe I'll have a look and be like, yeah, I'm happy. Move on. But for other people, they will spend 30 minutes every morning before they get changed, criticizing and looking at every single part of their body that they hate. And they will tear their body apart. Flip, I'm so fat. Look at them stretch marks, look at them scars. Like, why am I why am I so fat? Why am I so ugly? I'm not going to be attractive. Measuring body parts. If anyone's ever had a coach, they will probably make you do measuring body parts at some stage. Again, fine for some people, for other people, incredibly triggering. The behaviors that aren't so obvious, things like pinching body parts. Okay, pinching fat on your hips, on your ribs, on your arms, on your legs, and seeing, well, is this actually changing? Am I losing fat? Am I gaining fat? Checking for body fat, have I gained any? And also checking for definition. You know, there's a meme that went around a number of years ago, and it's probably still out there. It was, I see I seen a new bit of definition today, or I, I saw a new vein in the gym today. So things are getting pretty serious. But that's a real behavior. People do check almost every day. Have I got more definition? Have I? Can I see a new vein? Because that would indicate to them that, 
well, I'm obviously getting leaner. This is obviously working. Thinking that that's going to bring them that happiness, that confidence, attractiveness, whatever the reason is they want to lose weight in the first place. The other one that could also be tied in here is uh, taking photos, taking selfies, taking a, a lot of photos. I would say anything more than if you're trying to take three or four photos of the same thing, then I would say you probably have an issue with body checking. I'm from an era where you had disposable cameras and if you didn't get it once, that was it. If you were blinking mid-shot, that was it. Now we have phones, we have unlimited cloud storage and so we can take as many photos as we want. But people will often take multiple selfies, multiple photos just in case a certain part of it is off. And the reality is, is that when we go and check those photos, we are being so hypervigilant. We are focused on, on the smallest parts of our body that no one would else, no one else would ever pick up on. So all of these, all of these behaviors will be, will be classified as body checking or body or self-monitoring. And again, it's not good because this ties in with our body image and ties in with the over-evaluation of our body image and how important it actually is. And it ties in then with how we speak to ourselves and how we act. So with body checking then, we have to actually question it. Because not all not of all of those things are bad. It's likely that I weigh myself and you weigh yourself. It's likely that we both take photos of ourselves. It's likely at some stage we probably got measured in some scenario. So we have to question then, well firstly, what are we hoping to get out of it? What are we wanting to achieve from these behaviours? For me, as I said, I can wear, wear myself fairly objectively, fairly non-emotional. And if it goes up, realise that there's probably other things playing in here. It doesn't ruin the rest of my day. So I can be objective about it. But maybe for you, you're taking photos multiple times a day. Or you're jumping on the scales multiple times a day. Or even jumping on the scales every day. And it's ruining the rest of your the rest of your day. Is that actually beneficial? Like what are you what are you hoping to get out of that? Which then leads me on to the next question is with these different types of behaviors, do you honestly really think that your body is changing as frequently as you're checking it? Again, go back to the example of how many times over the past week have you said or felt, flip, I feel fat today? Your body probably hasn't changed over the last week, but how you feel about your body has changed, which ties back into original body image definition that it's, it's your perception, more so when you actually look at the mirror. So if your body isn't actually changing as frequently as you check it, then what are we actually hoping to get out of it? And the last question naturally is, well, how does it actually make you feel? If it makes you feel sad and if it ruins your day and if it makes you more aware of your body and increases the behaviours around appearance fixing, then it's probably not a good thing. We should find some way to move away from this negative body image, move away from these body checking behaviors in order 
to reduce some of the, the distress of how we feel after it. That's pretty much all I wanted to share with today. Hoping nice and short, nice and sweet. But when I was preparing this talk, a number of points came into my head that I thought, well, well this is going to be useful for a lot of people. A lot of people out there probably maybe don't even know what body image is, don't know what body checking is, but probably experience it most days. Or have at least experienced it regularly enough that you know it impacts your life. And so if that's you, hopefully this ties some of those dots together for you. It, it fixes some of those pieces of the puzzle. And as we build awareness to it, then we're able to build ways to try and reduce it over time. That would be my hope from this podcast. Maybe in a couple of weeks time, I can build on this to give actual practical strategies of how we actually improve our body image, how we move to more neutral or positive body image, more so than having more negative days. And then how do we actually practically reduce these body checking behaviors? Because for some of them, we're never getting rid of. You have to get changed every morning. You're probably going to buy clothes at different stages of your life. So you're going to be taking selfies. You're going to be looking at yourself in the mirror. You're probably going to jump on the scales at some point, even if it is, I'd say, a health checkup. So how can we reduce how we feel after them? How can we reduce the amount of distress? And that's probably something for another day. But hopefully you found this useful. If you did, please do give it a massive shout out. Share it on social media. That would mean the absolute world to me. But thanks very much for listening and I'll catch you in the next one.